everyone, and thank you for joining me for another podcast of my USNA Midmoms and More podcast series. And today we are going to talk about dark ages and the road ahead as the sunshine begins to peak around a spring break and then uh, towards summer. And my very, very, very special guest today is Carl Smith who is a fellow author, fellow Navy dad, fellow classmate uh, midshipman. And uh, he has his own blog, his own podcast. Carl is just uh, awesome, great sense of humor. And without further ado, uh, here's Carl to tell us a little bit more about himself. (laughs) Thanks, Annie. Um, No, you've you've hit all the highlights. Proud to be a um, father of a 2020 graduate and uh, who's currently turned the corner in the home stretch for his nuclear training so he can get onto his first sub as a uh, as a submarine officer so we're hoping by the time by the time the by the time Herndon's over and the class of 22 commissions 2022 commissions he'll be um, he'll be assigned to his first uh, duty station so fingers crossed on that that's exciting it's yeah ex- it is it is it amazing how we start off as plebe parents and then we're working our way up and then we finally get up to be firsty parents and then we're yeah. all the way down again as right. and then we have to climb our way up with our kids again so yeah. it's fun it's exciting to hear yeah it's exciting and i one thing i've I've noticed too, like you'll think that your your kid's going to graduate, they're going to commission and off they go and do their amazing things. And, you know, look, it's, it's 2022 already and he's still not done. The training still continues. So, um, you know, I looked up and I, I, we were, he and I were talking about this. He said, by the time you get on there, it could be two tours of duty. If it's a, um, if it's a boomer and he, his five years will be up and he'll have a decision to make. So it's not, it's not uh it goes goes left you know we said plebe summer takes forever plebe back year takes forever the next few years fly by boom before you know it now their first five years are up so you know trying to kind of keep the keep my eye on the calendar it's true it's true it does go by fast our oldest he was on his ship 27 days after commissioning and started with his SWO qualifications and Mm -hmm then was deployed and the deployment for him ended up being very helpful because he qualified for a swell pin in under a year. Nice. After he came back from deployment, he transferred to information. And it's it's interesting how, how things work out. They really benefit from all the education, even though it's kind of trudging at times, just right. trying to get through it. But in the end, I think they'll appreciate it. But as we look outside the window, at least for me in Indiana, we're covered in snow, skies are gray, it's dreary, it's dark, it's cold, um, not very happy. And Mm. these times are called the dark ages at the Naval Academy. And it's one of the marked differences between colleges and our not college, Mm -hmm. right? And the dark ages for our midshipmen are not just history. Can you tell us a little bit about what the dark ages mean and what they are? Yeah, sure. So we've come to understand that, um, you know, after a winter break, there's that time where they get those two or three weeks to themselves. And there's all that excitement, whether you're a plebe or a firsty, then you come back to Annapolis and you're faced with that stark reality that you have a three month slog until you get any significant time off. And it's a combination of things. The dark ages, because for most of the mids, 
they'll wake up when it's dark and they won't finish all their assigned duties until it's dark again. And they'll sometimes the only daylight they see is walking between classes. Mm. Um, so th that's that's a real thing. It's also um, it's a long stretch. You know, during the fall, you have football to look forward to. There's you know games on the weekends and all that. And this is no offense to the basketball teams, but there's none of that happening in the spring. It's <laughs> it is it's just that it is just that cold. It's dark. Um, the days are very short at least as far as daylight goes, but the days remain very long. Um, yes. And I've always been, I've been struck since kind of becoming aware of the dark ages. And so a tangent, um, when you talk about like not college, I always have to remind people whose kids don't go to military academy. It's not like a normal college. So, you know, in Indiana, you go to Indiana or Indiana State or Notre Dame, you know, you can walk off campus and do whatever. That's not how it is at the Naval Academy. You are within those, literally those, well, three walls plus the Severn River, you're there for that stretch. So you're stuck staring at those um, spaces. But there's, um, I, I thought initially that, you know, dark ages would only be for the plebes, like that's something they'd have to deal with. But actually, I, I find that all three classes, to one degree or another, have a specific dark ages experience that they all kind of have to work through. So it is, um, it is definitely something that sweeps across the entire brigade um, for those two or three months before spring break finally lands. And it's also, it's almost like a plebe summer in the sense that you can have uh, a, a USNA graduate that commissioned 40 years ago, meet mm -hmm. up with a youngster today and talk about the dark ages and they share a very similar experience. So it also kind of binds the generations together. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's part of the having the, um, I mean, everyone has a certain, their own experience, but there are those certain things, mm -hmm. those I don't know, landmarks or, or um, whatever you want to call them, but those like moments. Common, yeah, common elements or common yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah, and I think the dark ages is definitely one of them for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. So not just history, right? Yeah, no. they actually live it. <laughs> they live it, and they will live it every day until until spring break lands. That's for sure. So, given that the Dark Ages is kind of a bleak, dreary time, and mm. they're kind of trudging along and studying and doing everything they have to do, what are some strategies that have been successful for you and your family, for friends of yours, maybe other parents, you know, mm. to bring some hope and relief and sunshine to mids and. It's, particularly plebes, but I think, as you mentioned, it's really all across the board. Yeah, so for anyone who's read any, my, my blog at any moment, they know that I, uh, when my son was at the academy, we overloaded him with mail. So um, we found that the dark ages were a time for maybe more, more cards, like really short uplifting cards. Um, you know, big fan of going to the dollar store, buying stickers and markers. And um, you know, sending sending a lot of correspondence to them, just you know, short inspirational uh, messages. Um, we would keep the the just very similar to Pleep Summer. Um, we sent a lot of um, a lot of care packages, uh, and oftentimes making sure there were stuff that he could share with his roommates or his or his his company mates, um, because that you know you never know what anyone's situation is. Um, anytime I would go down to Annapolis, which you know, the, we're close, we're two and a half hours away from Annapolis. So we went down quite a bit. 
and anytime I would go down, I would make sure I stopped at the wholesale club and picked up a couple of things. And there were a couple of his company mates that I would keep in contact with by selling. I'd text and say, okay, I'm stopping. What is it you want? Really, that was, I thought, the best way to um, to stay in touch. We tried to never pressure him to, to call a lot because the phone calls were you know, in plebe summer, it's easy. There's the three calls, they're set. They can't wait to get on the phone with somebody. Once they get to the act year, kind of was, at least for us, was a little bit of a different story. He would stay in regular contact. We would never, we would never try to lock him down to, can you call at this time and this date? When he called, he called. It really was a lot of remote control, sending stuff and hoping that it kind of hit the spot. When we did have discussions with him, I thought it was important, much like plebe summer, to remind him that the clock doesn't stop. Things are going to keep happening. Spring break is March whatever the date was, and keep him thinking about things to look forward to, whether it was, um, you know, sprint football or what he was going to do for spring break, or depending on the year, you know, uh, your, your service selection or your summer trainings or whatever you had coming up to kind of keep, keep their eye on the ball. Um, that the ball. It, yeah. That it wasn't going to last forever. Cause that's yeah. the, that's the concern when you get, you know, this, when you get stuck into that rut, I wake yeah. up, it's dark. I trudge out to work. I come back, it's dark. It's I get dark. back in the house. Yeah. And then and add, of course, add, of course, the isolation, right? Because they had to rom right. when they came back. And hopefully now uh, things on that front are yeah. better. But for our mids, our parents club did a dark ages packing party. So a care oh, nice. package packing party every every year. And I think it was usually end of January, first week in February. And we would go to the party store and buy funny things like those sunglasses, yeah. like those glasses that the eyes pop out. Yeah. Just uh, fake mustaches, just things that they could like kind of play around and just laugh. Right. Uh, and we would just throw those in there kind of as, as a joke. We would put their favorite snacks in, et cetera, cards, like all the members the parents would write cards and we would all mm -hmm. sign them for the kids so they'd get like kind of, like you said correspondence like 20 right. cards in their in their little package so that was really something special and and I realize I really appreciate what you said about not kind of over, overburdening our kids to to communicate because mm -hmm. they are so busy I think in my book a USA mom's journal I have a sample schedule of uh, literally every every minute of every day is mm -hmm. spoken for yeah and as they delve into the the acure uh and they're and especially uh plebes and youngsters are still dealing with physics and calculus and chemistry and those are really time consuming and for plebes something they can look forward to this this uh before spring break is their uh selection of majors right so they'll have to declare their major, which is very unusual. Usually in, in regular college, they declare their major like sometime sophomore year. Right. Here they're declaring it uh, their, their first year, their plebe year before mm -hmm. spring break. Uh, and of course, spring break is coming ahead. So try to. <laughs> right. But that, those are the kind of things you try to keep them focused on looking ahead. Right. Like, so, hey, look, service, you know, you're, um, you're picking your major. What are you thinking? You know, just just so you can kind of stop worrying about. I've got, I've got a thousand classes and I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And, and so I think it's, I think it's really great to, to give them something else to, to look forward to just to circle back on the correspondence. Again, you said something that made me think one thing, and I would, I wouldn't press this button too often, but every so often I would reach out to uh, friends and family on Facebook, especially, and just say, uh, you know, can you, can you write him? 
can you just drop them a quick note like this? Because sometimes I think, you know, people aren't, it's not your kid, you're not always thinking about it, but to kind of you know, just remind people. And then all of a sudden, those, you know, and I'd get that, oh, so-and-so sent me a card and, you know, so-and-so dropped me a note and I heard this, and I heard, you know, it, it's just someone else. So they, it's not, they don't get, they don't get, just get something from you, right? So right. they get, because it's not always something big. It's just the fact that someone dropped a note to them and said, hello, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Just to hear from them, they say, oh, I heard from, you know, Aunt Susie. And that, you know, that really meant something to them because they hadn't heard from them in a while. So those little extra surprises, I think, I think are really, really, um, really They're great. helpful. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And also the, it, it keeps them tied to the real world, right? Not that mm -hmm. they're not in the real world, but they're kind of. Um, they're not. They're, they're in, the in a world. bubble. They're in their <laughs> right. own. Yeah, they're in their own bubble. They're in their studies. They're, you know, yeah. in their workouts. They're in their company stuff. They're doing their chow calls or firsties are making them do chow calls or whatever. Right. But it takes them out of this bubble and brings them out to the real world. If only. Yeah, there's a, there are other things that are going on. Yeah. You know, my son said to me, I know in, in uh, during plebe summer, um, he asked me to send pictures, send a lot of pictures. And I'd say yeah. pictures of what he said, anywhere but here. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I would do, I used to do magazine style letters for him and I would just include pictures from our travels and hiking and whatnot. And that, you know, that's just what he was want to look at something else other than, like you said, the same four walls you're looking at all day long. So yeah, it's yeah I true. think that's important. Our daughter is a huge Lord of the Rings fan, Harry Potter mm. fan, our whole family. But so I found these little Legos that were like Legolas and Gandalf. Yeah. And so just the individual ones. And so in each care package, we would put one of those in there. So she would build oh, nice. it. I think she was building a collection on her desk. So yeah, I'm um, just kind of things like that. I think that are just fun. Yeah, uh, that those are, those are great. So those are like some ideas. But then mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about please. But how about firsties? I mean, they've been trudging yeah. along. This is their last year. This is their last semester. Lots of firsts and lasts that happened during first year. It's for mm -hmm. me, it was uh, kind of similar emotional turmoil as I had plebe year. In the sense that instead of, instead of my son going into the academy and being a plebe and having to get used to not having my kids home, it was kind of the opposite where I was grieving. This is the end of our mm -hmm. road. For us, it wasn't because our daughter came in, but this is the end of the road. This is where, uh, what he's been working for. Uh, yeah. This is my last trip to the mid store. <laughs> this is our last visit to Annapolis. So, yeah. but so first these have been uh, enduring all this time. And I think that they are pretty normal or young men and women that they can get senioritis, right? Oh, sure. no doubt. I mean, they're no done. Doubt. I remember my daughter telling me, uh, I'm done, mom. I just want to move on to the next thing. Yeah, They're ready to leave, but there's a lot left to do. They have capstone projects. They mm -hmm. have medical examinations for their service selections. They have they have to continue keeping up their good grades, right? So what are some thoughts that you can give us how, how we as parents can help them to push through and yeah. run through that finish line? And how, how did you deal with that with your now officer? Yeah, so that's a good question. And um, it, was, it was when he went back for the beginning of his first year, when I realized I, I called it the parade of lasts, right? So the last, you know, the last time he, he was on the, on the, uh, on the football field for sprint, the last concert he played with Trident Brass, the last this, the last, and you realize that this is the last dark ages, right? So mm -hmm. for them, it's the last time. And to your point, they're doing all these last things. And um, the academy demands that focus. 
you know, for eight semesters, there's no break. Unlike I, you know, I know when the kids were high schools and senior, you knew the teachers were kind of cutting them. It's like, oh, they're seniors. They got senioritis. That's not happening here. Although I will say, I think he only carried 18 hours his last semester, which was the first time I think in four years he had had less than 20. So I think he felt like he was giving himself something of a break. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's difficult because in their minds, they're done with all this. There's no, you know, the, they're they're done with you know uh, march ons. They've done their last Army Navy game and. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're here for this, you know, their last dark ages, and they've done service selection to them. If I'm them, like, what are we doing now? Now we're just marking time. So the the only counsel I really could offer my son, as far as that goes, when he was a firstie, was to get him talking about what's going to happen after he commissions, but also what the what things have to happen for the transition. You know, who do you think is going to be the PAO, and what kind of documentation you're going to leave for them, and was a good touch point for him as a firstie. How are the plebes doing? How are they making it through their first dark ages? Do you remember what it was like for you? And what are you doing as far as you know preparing them for sea trials? And you know what have you been talking about? What's going to happen at Herndon and and that kind of stuff? So I think that that's helpful. And you have to remember too that spring of 2020 was a much different animal. Yes. The spring break came and all of a sudden they're finishing their semester at least my son did in, in his bedroom because that's where his computer, you know, where his work desk was. So it was a little bit of a different animal. I tried to urge him to, you know, focus on those plebes, especially the dark ages are tough enough. And all of a sudden they're in a somewhat of a unique, well, at least at the time was unique. You know, they went from coming back for the dark ages to all of a sudden going back to the warmth and comfort of home, which could be good and bad. A little bit of looking forward, you know, service selection is done. What do you think? And what's that going to mean? Uh, you know, what's your TAD going to be? When's it going to be? And then right. uh, conversely, focusing on those plebs and, you know, how you can help them prepare for, you know, for the, the end of their the end of their first year. That's great advice, Carl. I know for my oldest around this time, he found out maybe, maybe closer to spring break, but he found out where he was going to be. Mm. He had his ship. He had, they had just done ship selection. So he knew he was going to be in San Diego. Mm. And then he spent a lot of research time. Where mm. is the best place to live? Talking to different yeah. friends, reaching out to officers, even officers or professors or people at the academy that were stationed in San Diego figure out what's a place to live. Okay. So once I figure out the neighborhood, then he started narrowing down options of where he mm -hmm. could live, finding out the cost, how much he was going to have to put down for deposits and all that, figuring out the logistics of a move. And so that's also helpful for those mm -hmm. firsties that are, that are going to be moving into uh, to a different city or right. to an area of the country to kind of start focusing on the next step as well. Right. And you remember, in, unless you have a prior enlisted, this will be the first thing they've had to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, part of, you know, at least for me, part of the college experience was after your sophomore year, you get an apartment off campus. So you signed a lease and you've had to go grocery shopping and you've had to, you know, pick the right location and all those kind of things. And yeah. um, most of the mids have not had to do that. Honestly, it's the first thing they're picking where they get to live. Yeah, you know, they, they live with their parents and then they went to the academy and you got in whatever room in Bancroft they put you in. Now, all of a sudden, you actually, God forbid, you, you actually have choices. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I think that's, you, you get to choose. And for my oldest decided he was not going to have a roommate. He was going to live mm -hmm. on his own. And I said, mm -hmm. well, do you think that's really the best course of action? Because then you could split expenses and mm -hmm. then you put some of that money away. And he kind of looked at me and he said, mom, I have not had a room to myself ever. Yeah. I shared a room with my brother. 
I've shared a room with my roommates. I'm going to have a room by myself. (laughs) And then I started thinking about it. I said, you know, he's absolutely right. And it's probably the best decision he made. And then he would send us like the lease contracts Mm -hmm. uh, to read and make sure that there wasn't anything hidden in there that he had missed and just make sure he knew the terms. And it's interesting too, because then they're, they're adults, they're behaving like adults. They're putting down deposits on utilities and figuring out what cable company. Right. It's almost surreal, really. It's almost surreal, but it's fun because you help them to decorate and they finally need you again to help move and all that. So kids, uh, parents whose kids go to real, real air quotes, real college, They've gone through some of that before, right? They've helped their kids sign a lease and they've helped their kids, you know, uh, pick up furniture or whatever. But uh, those of us with kids in the academy, we haven't had that. So this will be, this is kind of their first time. So as a parent, all of a sudden you're re-engaged at a much different level. I mean, even my friends whose kids went to a regular college, you know, they decorated their dorm rooms. That, you know, yeah. decorating your dorms with the academy means here's what I can put on my corkboard. Like here's the picture yeah. <laughs> I can pin up on the corkboard. So. Yes, definitely. And uh, that's that's really funny. Um, yeah. I remember that for an inspection, one of my mids got dinged because they had, I think my daughter had flowers or something on her mm-hmm. desk and I don't know. Right. Definitely right. different. And then with yeah. our youngest who declined his appointment to Navy and went to Notre Dame and RTC, yeah. we're getting ready for to, to bring him to Notre Dame and all of a sudden, you know, he gives us a list. Well, I need a comforter and I need this and I need that. I need sheets. I need towels. I need, and, and we're my husband and I are looking at each other. Like, what do you, what do you mean? No, no right. issue. What? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even uh, for parents, it was shocking. So <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've talked about firsties. Mm-hmm. What about second class? So they've yeah. signed their two for seven. They're moving towards serious liter- leadership roles. They're looking toward ring dams to have their rings mm-hmm. blessed and be able to wear them in the waters of the seven seas. And then they're looking at summer trainings. Uh, so these are the trainings that are going to be more career related and leadership mm-hmm. focused. And uh, how do you remember your son feeling at this stage? What can we do as parents to kind of support them as they mm-hmm. really start thinking towards first year and commissioning? Every year has its own own moments, right? So, you know, I can remember talking to my son after he signed the two for sevens and what a big deal that was. And of course, a, a couple of his uh, company mates and friends who, who didn't make it to two for sevens for whatever reason, they voluntarily or were, you know, asked not to come to, to do that. So that's a, you know, it's a tough, that's tough. That was a tough transition to get to that year started. Um, and I think when you get to the dark ages of your, of that second class year, you start to, they start, at least some of them start to feel the weight of the mantle of leadership as it's being passed on to them. And it's a big moment. You you realize that um, there's always been someone else running the show. You know, when you're a plebe, it's these faceless firsties, you know, who kind of telling you what to do, but now- Yelling at you, Carl, they yell at you. Right, right, (laughs) right, exactly. Barking at you incoherently. but by the time you get to be second class, all of a sudden the firsties are some of your friends now. So you've had a couple of years, you've been in company together, you've gone through, a, you know, whatever, you know, ups and downs you've gone through and they've, you know, you've become friends with them. Now you're seeing them all of a sudden they're kind of becoming the adults. They're going to into commission. That's all going to be on you now. Mm-hmm. There's no one else to turn to within the brigade to say, how do we do this? Or what, what should we do? 
that, um, which, you know, I mean, the Academy is all about developing leaders, right? So I, but I think they really start to realize now they're it. I think about dark ages uh, in terms of football, where all of a sudden he realized, hey, I'm going to be a senior, I'm going to be one of the seniors next year, like that's going to happen. And yeah, we're going to do our summer trainings. And this is probably where, you know, I'm, I'm going to really prepare myself for what I'm going to do or what I want to do when I commission. I think introspection, that, you think? Just introspection. I think so. Thinking, Absolutely. Um, really kind of coming coming to terms with where their roles are going to change mm-hmm. and what they're going to be doing, their responsibility. Right. responsibility. Because remember, Andy, they, they, like you said, they've signed their two for sevens. When you're a plebe or you're a youngster, you can look up at the dark age and say, you know what? maybe this isn't for me. I'm just, maybe I'll walk away when this is all over. That's not really very likely to happen once you sign those two for sevens. You know, you're, you're, you're on the hook. You've made the commitment. I don't know that that weighs on everyone's mind, but I'm sure a number of them, it's, you know, some points start to think, you know what? Yeah, there's no turning back. I'm, I'm in it. And now I'm going to be at the top of the organizational chart and everyone's going to be looking to me for all the answers. Just as when we were plebe parents, you know, we were constantly on Facebook asking questions. How do I do this? How do we do that? And our, our plebes were doing the same thing. They didn't know what they were doing. Now, all of a sudden, they're the ones who everyone's asking questions of, and they can't look over their shoulders to the class above them because they're they're going to be checked out. They're going to so be it. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to be it. The other thing yeah. is that they're past the point of no return, right? Once right. they find the two for seven, there's no turning back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now they have to be committed and they have to be kind of full steam ahead. Yep. And, and that can be scary. It's, it's a scary proposition to have uh, the responsibility, but that's mm-hmm. also another thing that the Enable Academy does so well right. in preparing them for that. What I would encourage my son during that year, that's that dark ages of his, of his second class year, was to be thinking again, you know, looking forward, um, not just to the training, we would talk about that. What do you think that means? You know, what, and I would often try to encourage him to think of the questions he needs to get answered. So when you're in touch, what are, what are your questions that need to be answered for you to say, I want to go subs, I want to go cyber, I want to go surface, like just really start to kind of think about those. So you know, going into them, what, what you're trying to figure out. By the same token, um, you know, I would encourage him to start thinking about, you know, you're going to be a first team next year. Now's the time to start thinking about what are those last things you want to be able to do? Like what, if there's any changes you want to try to impart upon your company, what changes do you think you can make happen? Um, you know, what do you want your final impact to be for the football team? Is there a legacy you can leave with the, the jazz ensemble? You know, th- this is the time to start thinking about them because once that, as you know, once the year starts, mm-hmm. it can get away from you. You know, you can lo- you look up and boom, all of a sudden it's half done. So you have to start thinking now about the things that, um, that you want your first year to be all about. That's true. That's, true. that's very about. true. And that's great advice too. Mm-hmm. And, and of course they're thinking also, because as soon as they return from summer training, they're really kind of mulling over, well, what do I want to do in the Navy? What mm-hmm. community do I want to belong to? Because as soon as they come back, they have to turn in those service selections right. and then they get their service assignments that November. So right. it's a big, right. it's a big year for them. I think it was surreal for my kids when they got their service assignment in November because they had seen their friends, they had seen mm-hmm. their com- their chain of command go through this. They had helped to plan all the activities for service mm-hmm. assignment. 
but now it was their turn. The tables turn and it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And then as we look at, so it's not to leave the youngsters out because mm-hmm. I call that year, the invisible year, right? Yeah. Nothing happens. You're yeah. under the radar. No, you know, there's no major highlight to youngster right. year except finishing youngster year. I always found that youngster year is interesting, especially after the dark ages. So mm-hmm. youngsters go on their spring break and a lot of them have fun with their friends, have fun with their families, and they start doubting whether they belong at the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they're enjoying that freedom. And then they're also thinking ahead to that two for seven. So usually there is some attrition either after spring break mm-hmm. or right before two for seven, because it's yeah. really that, that pivotal moment when they have to make the choice. Are you in or are you out? And it's, important for for parents to help them I think to weigh the options and as mm-hmm. my son advised a midshipman that was thinking of leaving the academy youngster year said well you better have a plan b and your right. plan b better be better than your plan a right so what what advice would you have or what insights would you have mm-hmm. in that sense yeah so I've said this before you know the, the thing about the plebes going through the dark ages is they, they aren't quite sure what's going to happen. I mean, that describes most of plebe year, right? You, you don't know what's going to happen. The thing is, youngsters, you do, and that doesn't make it any better because you, you've, had that, you've had your winter break off. Now you go back and there's not a lot of surprises. You know it's going to be 10 weeks or so of getting up when it's dark, finishing when it's dark, cold, snow, gray, the whole thing. So you know, and I think that can be tough. It can um, you know, because I think, again, as a plea, part of, I think, what keeps them going is they're, they're on edge because they don't know what's going to happen. But the youngsters, here we go. And and again, the firsties are getting ready to move on to their next step. And the, the second class, they're getting ready to assume leadership. As youngster, to your point, they're invisible. All right, we just have to slog through this, right? And I think that that's, I think that's tough. And I think you've identified something important. Those nine months from the time that that winter break ends for those youngsters to the time I signed those two for sevens, it's a critical time. Mm-hmm. So we had a middle we became very close with, was struggling with the PRT. And this mid had not, you know, had just missed the run by literally seconds, 10, 15 seconds. And they kept trying and kept trying. And I can remember them coming back the week before two for sevens and they failed it for the last time. They were basically asked to leave and it was very difficult. But I can remember that time during the dark ages and that talking with that particular mid and some other mids that this is, um, it's, it's a heavy time for some of them. They're really starting to wrestle with that. You know, gee, I'm going through the dark ages again. Again. And this, won't, yeah. this won't be the last time because I'll do it two more times. Do I really want to do this? Because to your point, the, the reality is they can check out at any time now. They are at that point where they've gotten through plebe year and most people, while you get through plebe year, you've been through the worst of it. Well, guess what? You're not going through it as a youngster. They are. Right. So it's easy for us to say, well, you've been through the worst of it. Well, and there are challenges youngster yeah. year. Uh, my oldest, the spring semester of youngster year. So that kind of like in between, mm-hmm. he was on set. Yeah. Because uh, he, he was... The, a cyber major at the time they kept on changing the program and they, they still change changes yeah they even gave mids an option to ch- choose another major second right. class year which is unheard of yeah. but the attrition was so great um and so the the, the tough times come and go everything mm-hmm. has a season 
and he got, he buckled up, he got through it. And I, and honestly, as tough as it can be, and for parents, it can be emotionally devastating at times. Mm-hmm. It, they come out on the other side stronger. Oh, sure. No doubt. More you resilient know, and all the wiser, right? So, and that's what they have to, they're going to, that's, that's some training yeah. for the fleet. But, you know, so my, I can remember my, my brother gave me advice back when I was an undergrad a thousand years ago, and I'd be griping about something or other. And he'd say, you know what? You can do anything for 15 weeks. You can do anything for 15 weeks. And yeah, okay. But, you know, grind it out, whatever. Um, but when you're in that youngster year, you're thinking, yeah, I could grind it out for another 15 weeks. There's still four more semesters after this. You know, I, you know, I still have to stand watch so many times. I'm still going to have to do the PRT and I'm still going to have to do these six weeks. And it's tough when you start to realize that, you know, there's a little less adrenaline because there are fewer firsts, you know, it's not your first, this, it's not your first, that, and you realize this is what you signed up for, for the next two and a half years. It's right. It's, I think it's tough. And I think that that getting them through that again, um, you know, you know, just letting them know it's not as bad as it could remember. You're not a plebe. You're not right. getting all the, you're not doing child calls and you're not, right. you know, you're not squaring corners and all that. You've got some big things coming up that summer. Uh, that's when they do pro trimid, isn't it? Youngsters do pro trimid. Yes, correct. Yep. You know, I would kind of encourage my son then is to think about that. You know, it's, you know, look, you're going to do aviation. That's going to be cool. Um, you know, my father was in the Marine. So I'd say, well, you'll get to get a taste of what grandpa Smith a, went through. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I can tell you, and I'm, I'm sure he, you know, he wouldn't mind me telling you this. I can remember contacting us within 48 hours of being in Marines. He's like, he goes, you can scratch this off the list. Not a chance. <laughs> that was my daughter. My daughter yeah. had a big smile on her face. She got to, you know, do some really cool things. Yeah. She's like, there is no way I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be Marine. My, my oldest, on the other hand, went through Leatherneck and was ready to be a Marine yeah. and had a change of heart at the last minute because there was, he found a path that got him to where he wanted to be Do it faster. faster. Yeah. So, so things, happens. things change, things change. And Andy, that's why I think it's important to, to keep talking to your mids about those types of things. Now, my son is a very linear thinker, so he'll tend to get locked into something and whether it's schoolwork, or whatever, and that's, and he'll forget about the stuff on the outside. Well, part of what I feel we can do as parents is to kind of get them into those conversations. So let's not talk about the thing right in front of you. Let's talk about, you know, what, what warfare community are you thinking of? Um, you know, what, what are some things you're thinking about for training? So one, it's good for them to think about something else, obviously. Mm-hmm, yes. But I think to your point, it's like with your son, it might help them realize, you know what, maybe there's something else. Because there are times I just had a conversation with my son Saturday and we talked about a couple things. Yeah, you know, because you're right. He goes, I should really, and I really should just do this. Great. But if they don't have that um, kind of someone who can hold the whole thing at arm's length, Right. And bounce some things off. And just, and I, again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just asking them questions just to get them thinking. And, and, and that might lead them nowhere. It might just be a conversation, but it might also help them make a decision that they needed to put some more thought into, or at least realize they need to put more thought into before they make a final decision. Absolutely. And it helps you as a parent to see where they are mm-hmm. so that you can better support them. So that's great, Carl. Thanks. Yeah. And then talking about change, not to do with the dark ages, but switching gears a little bit. You and I had uh, mids that were an athletic team. I know from my daughter's experience that they had double duty because she mm-hmm. was on the intercollegiate sailing team and was doing glee club. 
So yeah. she was a glutton for punishment. What insights do you have for parents whose men is an athlete who are going double duty because they have mm. these extra practices yet they have to keep up their grades? What advice or what it's, insights can you offer? That's tough. So my son was on the sprint football team and was also um, in the Trident Brass group. Uh, and he played in the orchestra first, first three years. It's, it is tough. And I can tell you that um, on one hand, this is why we rarely, and I, we, we, I'll be honest, we made a mistake. We kind of forced ourselves down there on him one time. And he clearly wasn't in a position where he could spend time. And we forced it. And you know what? Right. And it went, didn't go well, be, to be quite honest. Right. And I look back and think, you know what? I should have respected his time, should have been more respectful of what he was going through. And I, and I didn't. So this is kind of a tangent, but it's it's tethered to what you're you're asking about. I see some parents, I think they feel like they're missing out. Like, oh, you're always talking to your major, you're always doing this with your major, that. You know what? Everyone's going down this path in a different way. In a different so, way. Mm -hmm. So just because, you know, your mid isn't calling you three or four times a week, or your mid isn't, you know, um, in constant communication, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and don't, you know, there's no need to be jealous or whatever about it. It's just this the way it is. So we would learn that and if there were stretches of weeks where, you know, if I got my son to respond to a Facebook message, good for me, because that might be the only thing I hear from him for two or three weeks at a time. And I think as a parent, you just have to, at least the way I approached it was, it, the communication oftentimes was one way. I would right. constantly send him messages on Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform he was using most at the time. And we keep sending him correspondence, whether it's cards or letters or whatever. We just kept doing it. Sometimes not even knowing, you know, did he get it? Who knows? Um, right. There were times when you know, I was working even a little closer. I was in Delaware. So I was only about an hour and a half or so from him. And, you know, he'd say, oh, I need something. And I'd trundle it down there. And all I would literally do is I'd, I'd pull up behind the, the dumpster by Bancroft hand him the thing, say hello, get a hug, talk him for literally two minutes or less, and then I turn around and leave. And that's all there was to it. When you have a kid who's involved in, especially an intercollegiate sport or organized um, extracurricular like glee club or orchestra or uh, trident, when you think about these mids are taking not just a lot of classes, because most of them are going to graduate with you know, 140 credit hours or something. And I can remember when I graduated, it was 122 hours. And you know how many credits I had when I graduated? 122 hours exactly <laughs> and my, my son hit that mark when he after he finished his second class year so they're carrying this incredible burden but it's also a very high level of instruction you know this is not self-taught you know watching youtube videos this is very intense instruction yes. then you add the military stuff on top of it mm -hmm. you know um they're doing a room inspection they got to stand for meal, meal formation Company whatever responsibilities too right yeah exactly so okay. you know and you think about the kids who are the the first and second class they're the ones doing the knowledge test for the plebe so it's yeah. tough for the plebes but someone's got to run those things yes. and all that if your mids involved with something like that you have to kind of steal yourself and understand that the communication much maybe uh, one-sided, very one-sided. And it might be, you have to put forth the extra effort and know in your heart that it's going to make a difference. Cause I can remember my son telling me constantly, but that what a difference it made to get those care packages and get those messages. And I appreciate saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't been- Necessarily hear, hear from him. Yeah. Correct. But and you just have to accept it's that. it's training for the fleet, Carl. Right, exactly. I, remember, I, don't, I don't think your son's been deployed yet, mm -hmm. but I remember my no. son and my daughter-in-law being deployed and we didn't hear anything uh, you know they no snail mail at all right. it's not possible 
Uh, we sent him snail mail, but he never sent it back. Um, mm. Every once in a blue moon, maybe every three months, they were deployed for nine for nine months. We would get an email that they were somewhere around the world near shore. That's, that's yeah. And I figured I learned to just drill it into my heart and my mind that no news is good news. Right. No and news that's, is that's good hard. news. And, and, that, and it's hard because you yeah. hear the news. And I remember his captain allowed everybody to call for like two seconds because their ship had been in the news or a ship where they were mm-hmm. had been in the news. And we get this call from this number I don't recognize, but it's California. And I'm like, maybe it's my son. Right. You know, so we just, I happen to pick it up because usually I don't pick up. And that's the other thing. If your son is or daughter is out deployed and you get a call from a strange number, pick it answer up. it. Because uh, I usually don't. If it's not in my contacts, yeah. it's not, you know. And there he was, uh, mom calling for two sex. We're fine. Something was on the news. It's not us. Got to go. That's it. Yep. Didn't even get to say goodbye or hello. And that's the way it is at the academy sometimes mm-hmm. as well. They're just, is no time in the day. And I can totally relate to being there. And we had planned a trip where he knew we were coming, but all of a sudden he gets this gigantic project assigned. Mm -hmm. So we get there, we've rented a house, we've made the commitment, siblings in tow, and he can't see us. So we, and that's why it's important to have friends and to have a plan B. So we went, roamed around Annapolis, went into DC, we did our own thing. And he would call and say, Hey, can you bring lunch for six? Sure. We'd pick up lunch, give him a hug, you know, run back out. Can you pick up coffee for five? Sure. Right. (laughs) And basically we were Grubhub, but free. Right. 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 um, No delivery charge. And and that's where Semper Gumby comes in too, because you really do have to be be, uh, flexible. Yeah. And finally, as we're looking at the dark cages and mm. looking at spring break, the bright, sunny spot, hopefully coming up, yeah. they'll start thinking about summer training. They'll start mm-hmm. right now. They're looking at internships that they can apply for and mm-hmm. other opportunities that will be that will come around. And of course, spring break. Um, are there any like favorites? Uh, like, is there a favorite story that you would like to share about maybe a summer training? I will tell you. So. It's well documented um, how horrific plebe summer was for our family and how awful plebe year was in general. And this is something when you talk about getting through the dark ages, I can remember his plebe year and we're at a point, it's just one of these many stretches in our lives where, you know, money was a little tight and he was looking at summer training. And of course, you know, he's not telling me anything, but God bless somebody, whoever gave me a deck, a PowerPoint deck of something they had seen for summer training, I'm looking through it. And I said, I said, no, I said, no, they've got this thing for the National Outdoor Leadership School. This looks really cool. He goes, yeah, because we have to pay for that. I said, I'm going to tell you this now, sign up for it. We'll figure it out because mm-hmm. the kid loves backpacking. Knows? Yep. Yep. In Alaska, he loves, right? in Alaska. He did. Yeah. So he, he, he loves backpacking. He loves hiking. I said, this could be a once in a lifetime opportunity for you to spend 30 days in the back country of Alaska. Well, it's one of the few times he thought his dad was right. So he did. He applied for it. Um, you know, we sold a couple of kidneys and got the money together to pay for it. And um, it ended up being just this like life-changing experience. You know, he, he, he loved it and it was everything you'd hoped it would be. And you talk about your Navy family and I still have a screenshot of the messenger, but one of the Navy moms posted randomly on a Facebook page like we're in Anchorage Alaska if you're if you happen to have a mid and I'm like I saved that and I messaged them and and she was fantastic she said what can we do for I said well if I'm gonna be real greedy it'd be great if you could pick them up put them up 
get them there, put them up and get them back to the airport. She said, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. So here he flies into Anchorage and he goes, dad, the house is amazing. They made this incredible dinner for me. And, you know, they took his, I had a room to myself. They just took care of him. Like he was their own, which is like family. Like they're mid is my mid. Yeah. Your mid is my mid. Absolutely. So always encourage me just to take advantage of things, be open to the possibilities. He had an internship with Microsoft out in Washington state. And this was at the same time that Katie was doing, then she was doing summer seminar at the Air Force Academy. So of course we flew out to the Air Force Academy, got her dropped off there, went up to Washington and spent a couple of days with him in Seattle. And we had, we were big fans of this TV show, Northern Exposure, which is filmed yes. on the other side of the state. So we said, let's go, let's go to Roslyn, Washington. So let's go to Roslyn. So we went to Roslyn, we did the walking tour, all the things we had remembered from seeing in the TV show mm-hmm. um, and all that. And it, you know, it would just end up being this great trip. So we spent time with him. We got to see Roslyn, Washington. We went back before we went back with Katie. We picked her up. I found an amazing bed and breakfast in Laramie, Wyoming. So we stayed there for a day. So it became yeah, an adventure for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. But that you know, that was part of him being you know being open to the possibilities. One of his professional trainings was doing the YPs up to Fleet Week in New York City. You know, so we got to see him up in New York City. We went up to see the Intrepid. So I think that's a great opportunity for to think about. If your mid is open to it, and I mean, for whatever reason, I can't explain our kids like spending time with us, you know, great opportunity to maybe make an adventure for the whole family. But I think that's that summer training thing, um, you know, both professionally. So my son was a cyber major. You know, he worked with the Ghostbusters team at Microsoft. Great experience, you know, doing the Knowles thing. So you're talking about a, a just a tremendous lifetime opportunity. He's told me after, I believe it was after his plea, after he did it, his youngster summer, they restricted the number of people who were able to go do that. Yeah. So they, and I said, and I said, listen, knowing your luck, you never would have gotten it. Like you're lucky. It was, you know, a much bigger net that they cast that first time. So yeah. you got to do it when you can, you never know when the opportunity is going to present itself. My, my son is in the same, my oldest was in the same boat. He did a whole bunch of internships in DC. And mm-hmm. in any case, he also uh, applied for and got uh, one of these Elric for the cultural mm-hmm. immersion trips. Yeah for Thailand. So he was there for four weeks. His sister came on board when he was a firstie. And so when she was a youngster, she applied for the same trip. Mm -hmm. They had limited the number of people and made the requirements so that she couldn't because now you had to be a second class. And uh, in any case, she never got to go because the the requirements changed and COVID hit and everything. So definitely take advantage of the opportunities when they come along because they may not be available again. In any case, I am going to thank, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm going to thank my very special guest, Carl Smith, for being with me on another podcast episode of my USNA Men, Moms, and More podcast. Check out my book, A USNA Mom's Journal. Check out Carl's blog. Carl, what's your blog? Blog is mykidthemid.com. And then the name of your book? Is Anchored in Tradition. If you go to Amazon, type in Anchored in Tradition, it will magically show up. It'll magically show up. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. (laughs) Thanks for the time, Annie. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. And uh, go Navy. Beat Army. All right.